وما لي لا أعبد الذي فطرني وإليه ترجعون أأتخذ من دونه آلهة يردني الرحمن بضر لا تغني عني شفاعتهم شيئا ولا فاسمعون قيل ادخل الجنة قال يا ليت قومي يعلمون بما غفر لي ربي وجعلني من المكرمين Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the realest podcast in the dunya, the Three Muslims. We're joined here with home base, mine is brother Rami. Keep him in your duas. Assalamu alaikum anha. You're muted, Habibi. You're still muted, bro. Every time you click unmute, it just goes to mute. Maybe you got to hold the mute thing the entire time, bro. <laughs> I'm just playing. Why does my camera look so close? I don't know. It wasn't like this in the backstage. What'd you do? Yeah, that's that's definitely weird, bro. May Allah protect us from the shayateen. A'udhu billahi minash shaytani rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum to everyone tuning in. Two Muslims. Awareness of day asks, what are we recording or revealing? Address, social insurance number, where <laughs> man's dipping. That's it. Our brothers on host love the chat. It is just going to be me today. We're gonna do a solo stream. Alright, Anho's just gone, bro. He's he's out of T3M. SubhanAllah. Look what you've done, bro. I'm going to put this right up. This is what you get for spelling his name like that. Gadi asks, what is the name of the reciter? That's brother Yahya Bosir, alhamdulillah, close friend of ours from Ireland. May Allah bless him. Subscribe to his channel. Watch his vlogs. Favorite channel, two Muslims. Let's see if Anho's back now. There we go. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. It's not. It's not exactly straight, but don't really wanna. Nah, gotta be professional with it. Yeah. Yeah, let me let me put this up here. Put to solo. All right, bro. 
So chat, can you hear me? Comment if you can hear Fayad right now. I need to make sure of this before we go right in. And there we go. Alhamdulillah. Bro, I almost clicked block from stream. That would not have been good. Alhamdulillah. Okay, so we got a huge announcement today. First of all, before we even jump right into the stream, we are going to be doing, let me put it on this side. We are going to be doing Alhamdulillah. What was that? Changing back. One more time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, bro. Listen, we play too much. Also, do you notice that you're a little bit squished? Yeah, why is this? What are you doing, bro? You got me, bro. Listen, so our huge announcement, first of all, brothers and sisters, Jazakallah for making this on the stream. Bear with our technical and maturity difficulties. We have brother Dylan Madden on the stream this Sunday, June 18th, I believe, and he will be talking about Islam, exclusive things about Andrew Tate, the PBD podcast, behind-the-scenes stuff. He's a close friend of Jewel, the sartorial shooter, and Andrew Tate with Tristan Tate. We met him. We ate with him. We took him to the masjid. We exchanged some thoughts and views, and after we left, alhamdulillah, y'all probably noticed that he's been talking a lot about Islam and religion. He is known as a businessman in the freelancing and wealth sphere. So inshallah, make sure you guys tune in for that. There's something wrong. Yeah, alhamdulillah, but there's something wrong because it's making me starting to look like Slenderman over here. Not like the uh, Discord, but... I mean, they know, bro. They know. <laughs> bro, Discord was unacceptable, man. How was it? Discord, Discord had you like stretched the hell up, bro, beyond all repair. Like after that point, bro, it's no good for anyone. That's fine. Mr. Squished. May Allah protect Anho from my spelling and the squishing. I mean, I mean, bro. All right, so guys, first question. We'll get right into it. We're going to maximize the time so me and Anho can go pray. Isha. In about an hour or so. Not Isha Maghrib. Ricardo asks, are you going to collab with Dawa over Dunya? Inshallah. That is definitely something that we are looking forward to, inshallah. Guys, comment down below any of your questions. Make sure that they are very appropriate. So, Anha, what do you think with this? You're muted again, bro. You're still muted, bro. Dylan Madden is a freelancing prof in the war room. Yes, bro. Alhamdulillah. Oh, no, the real world, not the war room. They changed it.
they always know for the superpowers. What are your thoughts on Quran only Muslims? I think that Bradley, bro, when it comes to Quran only Muslims or Quranists, also known as Hadith rejectors, these are men and women that fundamentally do not read and comprehend and understand the Quran correctly. Because if you read the Quran, it says, never will you be, or it says, oh, prophet, never will they be successful unless they take you as the decider, the arbitrator. So this clearly shows that Rasulullah Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessing be upon him, was sent here as the perfect example and the best of creation as a role model for all of mankind, men and women. So it only makes sense that we have to use and follow his teachings. Furthermore, nothing ever did any uh, prophet or messenger do out of their own free will or own accord that was in contravention to what Allah has legislated or ordered. So anything that Prophet Isa, Prophet Musa, Prophet Ibrahim, uh, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, all of these prophets, they have only done what Allah has legislated. They've never done anything in contravention to that. So understanding that hadith doesn't necessarily mean that there's just a bunch of more rules and a bunch of more restrictions and my life is going to be this much more miserable, stuck for Allah, it's nothing like that. It just simply means that now we have a more complete and more expanded instruction manual. So we have things to tell us how to eat, how to use the washroom, how to you know, clean ourselves, how to do good business, how to greet other people how to treat our wives, how to treat people in society, how to give charity and the virtues that are more in-depth than the Qur'an itself. On home, bro, I really hope you're not frozen right now. Oh, no, there we go. <laughs> nah, bro. There's no way. Brothers, do you see this right now? Yeah, I'm definitely not frozen, bro. I don't know what's happening though. Damn. But I all that's playing, so I'm I playing around with the camera. Yeah, bro. If I were you, I would just like did you can you use it in a sentence, bro? Who? Yeah, I would plug it out and put it back in. <laughs> Man wrote that freeze frame look crazy. Fight or you Bengali. I am Muslim. Alhamdulillah. So simply a slave writes, okay, Anhel says device not connected. Brothers, I will bring him on as soon as I can, inshallah, as soon as he's back. Is there any way you can get Brother Muhammad from Muslim Land to join you guys and speak with Sneeko next time or speak with any other influencer? Inshallah, we have already had him on the stream and he spoke to three influencers. You got myself, you got Anhel, and you got Rami. So they've been there, done that, bro. But inshallah, we can consider the Sneeko one. May Allah bless you for the recommendation. Mahmoud writes, Assalamu alaikum, brothers. Hope you are all doing well. Alhamdulillah, we are. Can't complain. A while ago, I heard Brother Ibrahim X, or formerly known as Lord Bear, before y'all get tight, it's not Lord, but it's a landlord. All right, he owns land in Scotland. He's working on a project similar to me. Can you get us in contact to collab? Jazakallah khair. So, yes, bro. The best thing you can do is go on his channel, comment on some of his streams, or join his telegram, inshallah. There we go. Money, right there. Look at that. I look normal. Alhamdulillah. How did you do it? What is your secret sauce? Can't tell you that. 
on, bro. Ali Nasser asked, what cities are you guys based in? Mecca and Medina. I'm just playing. Yusuf, have you guys watched the series Allah and the Cosmos? I watched a little bit of it. My parents watched it and sent it to me. How about you, Anho? Bro, you're still muted. You're still muted, bro. I'm going to need you to say, Wallahi, you're not messing around, bro. Because this is getting unprofessional. No. Okay. Inshallah. Inshallah. Okay. Let's start with this. Do you think this is coming true? The job will not come until the people neglect his mention and until the imams abandon his mention. Mm. What do you think, Anho? Put the thing back up. I was reading it. In the comment? Yeah. Got you, bro. I don't know. I don't know about people, bro, because me, Anho, Wahab, Arami, whenever we're together, bro, we talk a lot about that stuff. Yeah. I mean, from what I understand is he's been making it very normal. Hmm. You know, like the symbology everywhere. Cinema, symbology. What am I saying? Symbolism. The symbolism, like the eye, the one eye, every single place that you go. So yeah, I don't think over. I don't think it's him not being talked about. I think it's once it's so normalized that if you were to mention it, you wouldn't even say anything because to you is normal. But then again, Habib asks, "What do you think about missing salah? Do I become a kafir, bro? We're not scholars, so we're not going to get fatwas on this. But there is a hadith yeah, that mentions that. What was that?" I'll give the fatwa. Just because I heard no. Sheikh is... No, 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 no. Let me finish what I was saying, bro. When it comes to the hadith mentioning that if you abandon Salah, you're basically a kafir, right? The difference between a believer and a disbeliever is abandoning Salah. I believe that's what it says word for word. The scholars have... This is what I'm going to say, and then Anho is going to say what he says. The scholars that I know, they've all said that abandoning Salah doesn't necessarily mean that you're struggling with Salah, you're praying sometimes, you're not praying sometimes. This is more so for people that literally in their belief, they believe that Salah itself is not something that is necessary or mandatory or fought as a Muslim. So they'll say, you know what? Salah is actually a joke. We don't actually have to do this. I don't know who said to do this. Why are we praying? It's referring to that. Other scholars I've consulted said that it is, you know, just not praying at all. It's been a long time. You don't even want to pray. So, that's kind of the difference. If you just miss a prayer, it doesn't take you out of the fold of Islam. It is obligatory. It is a major sin if you miss Salah. That's my two cents. Damn. What do you have to say, counselor? No, I'm not. I'm not going to say anything because it was uh, arrogant of me to say, let me give a fatwa. May Allah bless you for your haya. May Allah make it the way you see it, bro. Yeah, 
That's two two for two today, bro. He does have a point. That's two for two for the name spelling. Can you imagine, bro, after today? It's on hill. <laughs> and so the UK brothers call you anyway. Demand them. Yuri Ken asks, what happens when you feel like Allah isn't giving you what you want and it doesn't seem like he's paying attention to you? Why is that? Oof, on her going, bro. You're being tested. To see how patient you're going to be. Because when we don't get what we want right away, we tend to get pretty overwhelmed, maybe angry, maybe sad. Maybe we start to play the victim card, like, why me, why me? Not saying that's you. I'm just saying some people, this is how we act, right? And when we get into situations, like, let's say we're angry because something's happening. I've heard this from Sheikh Hamza. Hamza is it Hamza Yusuf? Hmm. Yeah. He said, if you're angry, what are you really angry at? If Allah is the one that's doing everything, and if Allah's color is perfect, and he does everything perfectly, and everything's happening for a reason, and we don't know. If he's doing everything perfectly, and something's not happening how you want it to, if you're angry, like, who are you really angry at? So that's just to put into perspective that when you're not getting something right away, you just have to be patient. Because Allah doesn't do things to work against you. He does things for you. But you, it's up to you or it's up to us to handle those situations appropriately. Because otherwise, mm. we will not be experiencing those situations. Alhamdulillah. Yusuf writes, Rivera from Christianity. Alhamdulillah. Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillah. Guys, spam Allahu Akbar in the chat. Alhamdulillah, we have a new brother. Uh, I'm going to come back to this one because this is a long one for Anha. What is the best thing you will get to experience in Jannah? Um objectively i can't say but subjectively what i would say is i'm looking forward to how every man will have two wives no man will remain unmarried and the women there will not experience any jealousy like the worldly dunya jealousy i really want to see that what about you on the thing that i want to see the most and the, two things actually actually three things three things three things first thing is to see my spouse in their perfected form and they see me in in my perfected form. Inshallah. Second thing is tasting the foods in Jannah. Because we're we're told how it's it's like the dates, the bananas that we've eaten here in this life. But it's actually nothing like that. He's just Allah's just giving us this example so we can have an idea of what it's like. And then number three is to see Allah. Mm. Alhamdulillah. Brother Ozone writes, y'all need to change the name of the channel. Uh, Any suggestions? Nah, bro. I'd suggest you just mind your own business, bro, to be honest. This guy. Amar, what is your advice on combating laziness and on motivation? Just get it done, bro. That's it. Just get it done. That's it. That's really it. To be honest. I've realized this after months of 
reflecting and contemplation and pondering the the difference between someone that just gets it done with speed and someone that doesn't get it done at all is not that the person that gets it done feels like it or doesn't feel like it they just get it done bro and also talking too much and doing less action will make you probably most likely not take the action yeah. would you like a podcast with mh we've already done one and inshallah we're going to do another one in the weeks to come Sure. Go for that. Probably in person too. We'll see. This is true. This is very true. If hedonism is bad, why is it a reward in Jannah? Oof. Because this entire life is a test. And first, let me actually, I should have started this off by saying at the end of the day, Allah knows best. But if we can use our, our logic, to try to comprehend this. Why are we here? Okay, it's a test. So it means everything else in this life is a test. If we partake in hedonism, well, then you're failing the test because if you look at the guidebook, the guidelines for this life, it will tell you to not fall into your desires, to not follow your own desires to not do hedonism, basically. Your own... Bro, something inside of you is going to tell you not to do this. Like, let's say you go off and start watching pornography. Or you start having sex with every single woman. You don't have anything serious or anything like this. Bro, something inside of you is going to be like, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. So that's clearly why you don't do hedonism in this life. Now, why is hedonism something or the idea of it's something that's in Jannah as well, because in Jannah, everything is perfection. And in this life, we have a pleasure, but the pleasure, the more we do it, will begin to drop. In Jannah, we do something, the pleasure continues to go up. So this mm. show you, you know, it's, it's kind of like that example of the kid where the kid is told, hey, if you wait for this marshmallow, if you wait X amount of time, then you're going to get like five marshmallows or 10 marshmallows. But if you eat it now, you're only going to have that marshmallow. It's the same thing. You can have hedonism now and only have the pleasures of this life, which are they only get worse <laughs> the more you do them. Or you can wait and you can have the pleasures in the next life, which only get better the more that you do them. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Like that, bro. Oh, we got three for three, bro, calling you on hill. He has more than a few grafts of hair, Allah, bro. Allahumma barik. And jazakallah khair. Yeah, mashallah. May Allah bless him. Ali Chabar. We back, boys. Assalamu alaikum, habibi. Alhamdulillah, bro. Always supporting us. May Allah bless you. Always showing love. Everybody make dua for Ali Chabar, one of our biggest supporters. Hamza. Is being a practicing Muslim, first of all, Jazakallah khair for the super chat, you too. Is being a practicing Muslim the only thing that can keep my mind at peace as a man? It's a shame I'm not as of now. Or it's a shame I'm not as of now. And I know that's not right. Good, at least you know. I've made decent money through work, but feel empty.
Could you put that back up, sir? Yes, brother, I can. <laughs> Not that one, bro. Explain what you mean. What kind of peace are you looking for in your mind? Yeah, I'll look out for your your channel, bro. Don't don't send another super chat. May Allah bless you. I'll make sure to look out for Hamza. But listen, bro. When it comes to peace of mind, I generally feel like if you have Islam, if you have Allah, you have nothing else in the dunya. You have everything. If you don't believe me, you will one day. But if you have everything in the dunya that has to offer, you don't have Allah, you don't have Islam, you don't have a deen, you don't have Iman, you got nothing, bro. You're making all this money and you're saying you're empty. It's because it isn't about the money. We've been sold this, this false sense of success as a masculine man from looking up to people. I'm not going to name any names now, but fast cars, women, money as like the gold standard to like having it. But I'm telling you this right now. If you don't have this, but you have the sweetness of Iman and you wake up every day with no mental health problems, no spiritual problems, your heart is not suffering, bro. That is priceless. Nothing can buy that. But if you have all the money compared to maybe otherwise, you got women, you have abundance of everything. You have nothing. Yeah. And again, please give a better explanation of what you're looking for in terms of peace of mind. But if I had to add to that, it's it's exactly that, you know, you don't do things for money in this life. You have to do things to have purpose, to benefit this world, to do the best that you can. Because you have to understand that Allah put every single one of us here for a reason. And if we were to all follow our purpose, imagine the change that that could do in this life. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But please give you an explanation of what you're looking for in terms of the peace of mind. <laughs> he has some fools for real. He's going to change his name on the Govi now. Does anyone ever call you an East Pakistani as an insult? Oh, yeah, it's usually just West Pakistanis calling me that. Ali Chabo writes, let's show them how much we appreciate them. They deserve it. Alhamdulillah, bro. May Allah bless you. Is shisha halal? I've seen imams doing it. We're not going to give a fatwa, but listen, just because you see a Muslim doing something doesn't mean Islam will allow it, encourage it, permit it, and make it obligatory or even acceptable by Allah's standards. But similarly, if you don't see Muslims doing it, it also doesn't mean that something is not obligatory. So understanding that Muslims are unfortunately, and this is unfortunately, by the way association works, Muslims are going to be representative of Islam, right? This is just the way it is. Just like Christians are going to be representative of Christianity. Jews are going to be representative of Judaism. It's the world we live in, right? However, it doesn't mean necessarily that if you have some people that are slipping into deviance or kufr or haram, that it makes things acceptable whatsoever. I'm personally going to say, just as a layman, when it comes to shisha, stay away from it. When it comes to any of these things, even vaping, stay away from it. Because at the very least, it's not anything Islamic. It's an Arab thing. It's a Middle Eastern thing. I agree. Saul was burying your daughters once upon a time. Does that mean now Islam encourages it? Of course not. 
But you must understand that when it comes to these things, why are we doing these things? You look so cool having that little pipe in your mouth and like you're like you're a fire breathing dragon, bro. Like, what is this? At the very least, you are imitating those that are deviant. And at the very most, you could be doing something that is haram and most likely probably is, bro. Again, not a scholar, but stay away from it. There's no benefit in it. And there is harmful, especially if there's nicotine like tobacco. You're literally harming yourself. And if you Google it, studies will show that approximately an hour of smoking shisha is, and by the way, that's like rough lower level equivalent. A lot of men I know literally smoke for like hours, but an hour of smoking shisha is equivalent to, I forgot how many packs of cigarettes, bro. Just do your own research. Inshallah. Took a lot of uh, humility to say that, bro. May Allah bless you. You came a long way. One will see a full podcast with all three Muslims. Never. Unless you make dua for us. That's a very difficult thing, my brother. The way that we really start. Okay, the way that we really, really start. It all starts with you making the decision that this is it. That you're no longer going to be a slave to your desires. Because at some point, you have to wake up and understand that this whole thing you hear about shirk and not associating partners with Allah. You do realize when you start partaking in your desires and your desires control you. That means you are a slave to your desires. So, in one way, shape, or form, that's shook. And when you can internalize that, and you don't want that to happen anymore, and you only want to have Allah be basically the thing that you're submitting to, the one that you're submitting to, it changes everything. But until you have that that decision just 100% sit inside of you that this is it. Nothing's really going to change. Because you got to think about your belief in Islam. If an atheist comes to you and then they ask you about, oh, like, well, what about this, this, and this? And they try to make you believe in something other than Islam. They try to make you disbelieve in Islam. Would you disbelieve? Yes or no? Fayyad, would you disbelieve? I want you to ask me that one more time, bro. If an atheist came to you and tried to make you disbelieve in Islam, would you believe that? Would you follow exactly what he's saying? No. No, why? Because I already believe in Islam, rationally. So you believe uh, 100% in Islam? 100%. Correct? Okay, mm-hmm. so then your belief in the fact that you will no longer go back into your desires has to be the same exact level as your belief in Islam. 100% because the, there's a difference I was told this by a close brother he said there's a difference between 99% and the 100% may Allah bless his brother I miss him for the sake of Allah yeah. but when you do something 99% versus you do 100% there's a huge difference there's a difference there's not much difference between 98 and 99 but between 99 and 100 there's that level of I've completely taken this leap of faith and it doesn't have to be blind faith, but it's complete certainty or yakin in that you're doing what something 
no one else can force you to do, what no one else can brainwash you to do. You've generally made that jump yourself. Alhamdulillah. Is Anhil okay with being called Anhil or should we stop? What do you think, Chief? Believe that anyone's name is exactly how you should pronounce it. So pronounce it Anhil. Nah, Keep nah. my brother's name out your mouth. No, no, no. Just be respectful. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Goes without saying, boys. Leon, as even if for whatever reason it's not haram, it's a bad decision to smoke. Yeah. This is why you almost understand in Islam, there's a difference between things that are immoral and illegal, makru and haram. If something is makru, immoral, it doesn't mean that automatically it's, you know, it's you're allowed to do it because it's not haram. I know a lot of people have that type of mindset, right? But when did it always become about halal and haram? Like if something's not haram, okay, cool, then we're good. No, like at the end of the day, you want to get to a point where you don't play around with makru, bro. Matter of fact, a lot of majority of, you know, traditional contemporary scholars, not today, obviously, not none of these ones selling their soul to the West, but I'm talking once upon a time, like the early, early scholars of Islam, bro, all of them took makru as haram. None of them looked at it as makru. So this is a very like modern thing where people are like, you know what, okay, I can dip my feet in the water as long as I don't go in. So I'm good. It's like, no, bro, it's deeper than that. Yeah, the thing I heard is that if something is my crew, it could, you know, could lead you to something that's haram. Why would you even play around with that? And I want to give you all this thing that I want to add to Anho's point that it it is why would you play around with that? But it's also you almost understand that playing around with something in the early stages doesn't seem that bad at all. So, you know how Allah says in the Quran, do not go near zina, unlawful intercourse or intimacy. Why does Allah say that? It's because anytime you have something haram, right? Let's say it's doing a substance. Let's say it's, I don't know, just hooking up with some classmate and, you know, outside of marriage, just all this hookup culture nonsense, uh, whether it's stealing, anything that's haram, right? The very first step genuinely might be something that's not haram. And generally, it might also be something that doesn't feel haram or seem haram, objectively speaking. So it's like the earlier steps are ones for anything that leads to haram, right? The earliest steps are those things that they generally seem okay. They generally seem harmless. It's very ambiguous, right? No one knows. It's, it doesn't even seem haram. And then the deeper you go into shaitan's footsteps following him, the more clearly they get haram. But because each step is so gradual, it feels very normal. It's kind of like when we had uh, that story of the, the frog, when you're cooking a frog in like a pot of boiling water and you're like slowly, slowly, notch by notch, increasing the temperature of the water boiling. And eventually the frog gets cooked and doesn't even realize it, that it got boiled. So it's kind of the same thing. And it's only us that's going to be the loser, bro, at the end of the day. No one else. Why are you such an extremist? Okay, so I will tell you what I've heard from different sheikhs. I've heard from some sheikhs that praying in the mosque, every single prayer is fard, is obligatory. I've heard that for some, you know, it's Maghrib, Isha, and Fajr. And I've heard that no, it is not obligatory to pray every single prayer in the masjid 
but that it is a great loss if you don't. So which one of those do you want to follow? I'll let you be the judge. Simply put, if something is sunnah, but it's not fard, you might as well do it just to be safe. If something's makru, but it ain't haram, it's best to avoid it. Do you get what I mean? So an example of this is the qurbani, right? There's a word for an Arabi, but we're just going to call it the qurbani. It's basically when you or you can't slaughter an animal, right? Obviously, it's a qurbani, Eid the second Eid, Eid al-Adha coming up. You are, you're going to have to pay for, you know, the slaughtering, pay for the meat, get the animal. And, you know, you spend money on it and it will basically be distributed. And there's a there's an equation, right? Like one third to the poor, like those that need it, and then the other third and then the other third. So it's something that's from the religion, no doubt. This is not something that's bid'ah or anything like that. However, y'all must understand that Aside from the Hanafi school of thought, the Hanafi mother, which is one of the four dominant Sunni schools of thought, they believe that giving the Qurbani is obligatory for anyone, or I believe it's a man, but anyone that is able to. So if you can afford it, you have to. However, all other schools of thought, the closest Sahaba, you know, Omar, Uthman, Abu Bakr, and as I mentioned, the other three schools of thought, they say that it's not obligatory. It's not. It's Sunnah. Like, as in, if you do it, you'll be rewarded. If you don't, there's no punishment. Now, does this mean I'm going to be like, all right, you know what? Bet. I'm okay. I'm going to save my little little bit of a chump change. Because it really is the chump change. If you understand how much one CAD or one USD has, if you give it in sadaqah to your afterlife, to your akhirah, bro, you would not be holding on to your money as if, you know, you're trying to save for this rainy day or anything like that. You'd be giving soulfully bro you would giving heartfully you would not be holding on to these things being stingy so when it comes to qurbani ask yourself this it's sunnah does it mean okay just because it's not obligatory i'm not gonna do it no of course not we're still gonna do it because we should do it obviously if you're in a typical financial situation you're not in a good one i'm not gonna tell you to, you know you're forced to do it or anything but just do it if you're able to why not In regards to the other question, something that I want to add is that if you haven't prayed every single prayer in the masjid before, then I invite you to do so. Just see what happens for yourself. And then you choose. Hmm. Ali Shabar is in Toronto from 5 a.m. to 1 p.m. Can hit you up on the way back. Inshallah, bro. Just text me. How should I know if I follow Sunni or Shia? How you should know isn't what you believe. Do a little bit of research, contact the proper scholar. And I want you to understand that Sunni Islam is not necessarily a sect in, you know, dividing itself aside from other things because of difference or anything like that. That's what all other sects are. Sunni Islam was essentially made a sect, right? Even the word Sunni, it's not like it was there back then at all. But we have Sunni Islam. Because as Rasulullah mentioned, that there are going to be different sects. For example, in one hadith, it mentions that those of my ummah, or sorry, those of uh, Judaism, I believe, divided itself into 71 sects. The Christians, they divided themselves into 72 sects, and my ummah will divide itself into 73 sects. 
right now when you re- when you read uh i believe it's talbis iblis by imam ibn al-jawzi rahimallah he out- he actually outlines all of the the 72 sects of deviance of like and basically it's just kufr bro it's not even deviance at that point like these people are just off it but when you look at shias we can't call them kafirs we can call them deviant for sure because it is deviance but we can't make takfir on shias but understand it's still deviance right so you might as well do a little bit of research hit us up on instagram at the three muslims dm us if you have any questions we'll talk about sunni shia and all this in depth maybe we'll even make a video but it doesn't matter if you follow sunni or shia it really doesn't um what matters is what you start to follow once you start doing this research if you've been shia all your life khalas start following and and looking into it and understand that sunni is correct and anything else is deviant and i, I hear a lot of people saying this argument that i'm not sectarian i don't like dividing you know i'm a muslim alhamdulillah you're muslim but understand that Sunni just means you've basically preserved all the teachings of what it means to be a Muslim. So if you consider yourself a Muslim and you don't like anything else, you're a Sunni by definition. Sunni doesn't mean like you've subscribed to something additional, you know? Yeah, see, I will actually say the opposite as you. I will say that what's most important is that you're Muslim at the end of the day. And to say that, oh, well, if there was no sect, then it's all Sunni. It's understandable, but if I say I'm Sunni, I'm just pertaining myself to a sect. Because right now it is a sect. So I'd rather just say I'm Muslim. I'd rather just follow the Quran and the Sunnah. And in regards to Shia, why don't you just look up Ashura, the day of Ashura. See what people do on the day of Ashura. And you tell me if you want to be a Shia. No, actually. No, it's better when we're in person. Rami asks, when are the vlogs coming back? Inshallah soon. Vlogs. Oh, like the in person vlogs. Inshallah soon. I already answered that question, brother. That Aaron writes that the same. What was that? The one that asks, "How do you control your desires?" Let me address this uh, so we can wrap up the Shia thing. Aaron writes, "Any Shia who commits major shirk is a kafir point blank period, whether ignorant or not. Go look at what all the major scholars say. Yeah, bro. So, any person period, regardless of Shia or anything that commits shirk, sure, you're a kafir, bro. Of course. However, understanding that you, when I say you can't make takfir on Shias." You can't make takfir on an entire group, like just saying Shias in general are kafirs. You can't make takfir on Shias, bro, because you actually don't know if they're ignorant or not. If you have an, uh, a Shia that is committing shirk, sure, you can make takfir on him. Just like if you have a Sunni that is committing shirk, you can make takfir on him. But Shia as an entire population, you cannot make takfir on them unless you want to be khawarij, bro. Yeah. What's going on? Though? I mean, come on, bro. We do not have all the knowledge we to don't. be able to make takfir on a whole group of people. And from what I heard from scholars is that these people are following a sheikh who is giving them 
this information. Ashia Sheikh. Yeah, Ashia Sheikh. <laughs> the Shia Sheikh is the one that's responsible, is the one that will be held accountable. And these people, they were ignorant. They did not know. So will they be judged? Are they Kafirs? We'll find out on the Day of Judgment. Allahu Alam. But it's not up to us to make that judgment. And even then, if it was up to us, do you understand? Do you understand the amount of knowledge needed in order to actually make talk feel on someone? And it's not something that's light. It's not light work. It's not something that you would want to make light either. It's it's something very, very is grave. Like think about it. You're calling someone a kafir. You're calling them a disbeliever. Imagine that person is closer to Allah than you. So again, leave it to Allah. Allah is the best of planners. He's the one that judges the best. The best thing that we can do is just advise. See where they're coming from. And if they are ignorant, show them everything so that they are no longer ignorant. And then it's up to them. Jia Marina writes, the best prayers at home, Salah Prophet. I don't know about that. If it is a Sahih Hadith, then I'm going to look into that, but I haven't looked into that at all. What I know is for oh, women, it's it definitely better to... Huh? My bad, not you. Throw it on the, the chat. Yeah, throw it in the chat, bro. Uh, for for women, it's better to pray at home, but for men, it's better to pray at the masjid, from what I know. Yeah. Just like in the masjid, it's better for men to be amongst the front. First row is the best for men, and then for women, the last row is the best for haya. Bro, and again, I will say, if you have not prayed every single prayer at the masjid, hmm. just try it. That's all I'm going to say. Just try it. That's the same brother again. Do you keep popping the same question up, or is that... El Grande Bison. I think that's Grand Grand Bison, bro. Come on, man. Steve-O writes, do you need to be on... S I almost got this demonetized. Okay. Retention. So my question. My question to your question. Which are you talking about? Are you talking about like when you are... <laughs> I thought you were going to say, bro, my question is what month up do you follow? Nah, 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 nah. I'm serious. I don't like joking around about these things. Which one are you talking about? Are you talking about being married and just never releasing whatsoever? Or are you talking about... Actually, that's the only one that we should be talking about. Is that what you're referring to? Because if it is what you're referring to, then, yeah, you you still have value if you release with your wife. I mean... There's going to be times where you release with your wife. Do you think the Prophet ﷺ didn't release with his wives? Was he not the highest value man in this world? Come on. And the proof of this is that he had kids before anyone said, Oh, how do you know? Stoke for Allah, bro. Man. Y'all make me sick. Taylor, I'm a new Muslim. Any tips to learning the prayers? I gotcha. 
I got you. You were a new Muslim too, damn near two years ago. I'm not a new Muslim anymore, bro. You used to be two years ago. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. The best way to do this, in my opinion, is go on YouTube. Find the the normal prayers, right? So look for just Fajr. F-A-J-R. Fajr prayer. Find one that you like. And then from there, what you do is you just keep watching it, keep listening to it. And actually, I'm kind of overcomplicating. If you message me on Instagram, inshallah, I will DM you back. I don't I always forget to DM people, but I will DM you back and I will send you the best stuff. But it's just finding the recitation that you like from the actual prayer, watching it over and over again, memorizing it watching the video of them doing the prayer to get the motions down, even following along for a little bit. I mean, I think some scholars say that that prayer is not accepted, but bro, like, come on, Allah knows best. So you just do this until you learn, and then you don't need to use the videos anymore, and then you can just pray by yourself. Inshallah. But DM me. DM me on Instagram. I'm going to let the Reaver brother here answer this question too. Yusuf Halak writes, Oh, he asks, how can I choose good friends when everyone around me is a non-Muslim? Focus on Allah and focus on yourself. It's doable, but there will be many, many times where you release. It's just being realistic. Aaron Kaplan writes, or Copeland writes, agreed, but the Akhirah ruling is separate from the Dunya ruling on hell. In this life, someone who commits major shirk is a mushrik. I wasn't judging their Akhirah ruling. I don't know, bro. I'm not a sheikh. I don't have the knowledge. He's not a sheikh. He's also not a Shia sheikh. We're going to give Shia sheikh as like a top three tongue twisters of all time. If you can say this three times, send us a video of you saying it. Be in correct hijab if you're a man or a woman. I'm just playing. And maybe we'll consider you for the position of our shorts editor, inshallah. Brother Ibrahim writes, A brother once said the difference between us and the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, is we left every sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because it was only sunnah. Whereas the Sahaba performed every sunnah because it was his sunnah. I like that. Not a shake, bro. Brava. You're right, bro. You're yeah, right. Correct. Argarta writes, Yo, brothers, can you give a very small brief on the four schools of thought? I haven't decided on one yet. Find our podcast that we did with Brother Fletcher, who is a white American revert to Islam, alhamdulillah. I believe he's, he's in Hanbali fiqh, but we made a video going over all four schools of thought. It's a little old video. I think it's a year or two old, but still relevant, inshallah. Awareness of day at the accusation of shirk and takfir is a very serious accusation. Yes, I don't think that people should do it lightly, especially when unqualified. Definitely, Willie Nelly, Rasulullah mentioned that if you, those that make takfir, it might come back to you, you know? Yeah. So be very careful about that. Yeah, I think the biggest problem 
nowadays is the internet because the internet has caused people to think that their opinion is of importance and that people actually care what they have to say. And it's not to put anyone down, but it's just to say that that in and of itself has made people think that, oh, because I have one little bit of information, then I know everything. And I'm going to tell this person I'm going to be right because I know this. When in reality, like, what do we actually know? You know, like, the more you learn, the more you learn that you actually know nothing. So I remember Rami talking about this, or maybe it was you, Fayed, where in the beginning, you're very, very confident. Oh, it's my tattoo showing. Shouldn't do that. In the beginning, you're very confident. So your, your confidence is like way up here. And then the more you learn and the more you do things, your, your confidence drops down because you realize, damn, I actually know nothing. And then the more, mm-hmm. you, the more you learn, you go up to like a reasonable base where now you're not overconfident. Mm-hmm. I guess you would say humble. So, yeah. And to the the Kfiris over here, he is a revert. Goddamn, have a little bit of respect. He's accepted Islam, Allah's forgiven him. He's made sincere tawbah. Doesn't matter. So he could be showing it too, but he chooses to hide it for haya. So may Allah bless him for that. You remind me of Uthman radiallahu anhu, who when he would travel, he would not shorten or combine prayers. I think I sent you this this week. And the reason behind this is because he didn't want, when he was asked, Uthman, Ya Uthman, why do you, why do you not combine and shorten prayers when the Messenger of Allah does that? Like it's his sunnah. You know, right? And it doesn't make him better than him or anything like that. But the reason he did not combine or shorten when traveling is because all the tribes and, and places that he's traveling to, he doesn't want to give them the impression that this is the deen of Allah, that we shorten prayers and this is quick. And he doesn't want to lessen the deen of Allah. He doesn't want to water down or dilute the deen of Allah. SubhanAllah, like that's that's a man, bro. Radiallahu anhu. Yeah, Don't compare me to that, bro. Nowhere near that. Of course, but it still reminded me of that. That even though you're allowed to do something, you choose not to. Out of haya. Rasulullah also mentioned about Uthman that you know even the angels are shy of him, similar to how Umar ibn Khattab, the shayateen are scared of him. You know what I mean? But Twilight Reveries writes. Fahd and Anhal and Rami. I don't know why you put in brackets. Maybe because he's not here. Thank you for your channel. It has allowed me to see the truth. And I took my shahada yesterday. Alhamdulillah. Guys, spam takbir Allahu Akbar in the chat. Alhamdulillah. All good is from Allah, bro. Uh, yeah. You want to know what's crazy? Anhal, bro. Weren't we this close to not starting this channel? Yeah. Because we didn't feel ready. Yeah. SubhanAllah. It's different for everyone, man. But a good suggestion would be to look at your time outside of Salah. Are you focused during this time? Or are you mindless and just doing things like all over the place? Because if you are not focused in your time outside of Salah, then what makes you think that during your time in Salah, you're going to be focused? Do you have to choose a school of thought and why? I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I'm a layman. So all I can tell you is 
most people, most laymen are not going to have a school of thought. And I forgot if this was a hadith or not, but it was either a hadith or a very notable scholar said that the, the madhab of you is your sheikh, like the one you look for for knowledge. Obviously, this is with the exception of these proper or sorry, improper scholars that are going to say LGTV is permissible and, you know, riba is permissible and all this type of nonsense. But a proper scholar, just follow him. And when you are on your journey, inshallah, you can follow the fiqh of a specific mother. Sister Amina writes, I am new in channel. You, brother, are from West, born there and grew up there? No. I am not born here. I was born in Bangladesh. And I came to Canada. Anha, where were you born? I was born in Puerto Rico. When did you come to America? I was four. Hey, I came when I was four as well. Rami was born in Canada, though. Black Slate writes, I have a very heavy question. Not sure if I should ask you. If it's appropriate, then ask it. This is your time. Hey, man. If you're going to ask it, better ask it soon because I know I have to get going. I don't know about fire, but I have to get going. Yeah, and just ask it with your chest, bro. If Christians like David Wood who lie about their religion and who know Islam is the truth, then why don't they accept Islam? Perfect. There's a difference between knowing the truth and submitting to the truth because Islam at the end of the day is submission. There's many atheists, such as, let's say, Dr. Lawrence Krauss, who has debated Hamza Zortz's male you know, bless him immensely. Hamza Zorz is obviously not Lawrence Krauss. And it just goes to show how much he actually probably knows about Islam. David Wood, Apos, like these people know a lot about Islam. And many ex-Muslims also know a lot about Islam. But the thing is, they don't submit to the truth. So for example, when you look at Iblis, right? Iblis believes in Allah. Iblis is not an atheist, Right? Even Iblis himself, Shaitan, is not an atheist. But Iblis, despite knowing Allah, being up there with the angels, with Allah, seeing the first man being created, Adam salam, he's as, bro, compared to us human beings, he's seen it all, bro. But the thing is, even though he believes in Allah, he disobeyed Allah, right? So Iblis's kufr is not in disbelieving in Allah like an atheist. Iblis's kufr is in disobeying Allah, not submitting in it, not submitting to Allah's commandments and the deen of Islam. So understand when it comes to this whole thing about David Wood and other people that know about Islam, it's simply not enough. Because knowing is one thing, right? Accepting it, surrendering it to it, submitting to it, believing in it, that's a whole different thing. That's what makes you a Muslim. A Muslim is one who submits to the will of God, not just one that knows the will of God. was the question the question was if there are people like david wood for example that you know spread lies about islam and other religions but they also know almost everything there is compared to like a layman that doesn't know anything then why don't they accept islam allah says in the quran that there are some people it's as if they have a veil covering them they can't see they can't hear they can't reason so it is as if they are deaf, dumb, and blind. And 
you also have to look at the example of the Prophet's uncle, Abu Lahab. There was a surah revealed that he was going to go into the hellfire and all this stuff. And all they had to do to disprove Islam was just believe that. Abu Lahab, all he had to do was believe and become Muslim. And he would have disproved Islam. So again, it, there's just some people out there that are like this. The sad thing, the sad thing is when these people are the ones close to you. That's the real sad thing. And with that, I got to go pray Maghrib. One more question, bro. They need you out here, Chief. It's Fusion Plex asks, how do I stop listening to music? The beats are so addicting and helps me focus on a regular basis. Many things, bro. It could be gym. It could be anything, right? It's a very common thing. If I try to quit, I always end up coming back. What would you say? I don't know. Go in. And just try quitting for, we'll say a week. Weeks do. Anyone can do a week. So do a week, no music, and instead of the music, just replace it with the Quran. And yeah, just see for yourself. Habibi. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bro, may Allah accept you salah. I mean, likewise. Alright, boys, I'm probably going to do this for a few more minutes and then I'm going to head out, inshallah. I have to pray Maghrib as well. Maybe give or take five to ten more minutes, inshallah. Any questions that I will be capable of answering, inshallah, I will do it. All right, so same question from the sister again. Define homo is the, the action or just the tendency and how much tendency is in nice subjective? Beautiful. So one thing I must clarify here, all right? Before I even go in, is any mistakes is going to be on me, all right? Any good is obviously from Allah, but anything I say is going to be out of my ignorance. But it's still in our obligation to give da'wah and help others when we can. So I don't want you guys to start asking me photos or anything like that, like we commonly get on this on this channel for some reason. So LGTV, electronics movement, all right? We don't support this. We all know Muslims stand against it. However, there's many Muslims... And those that are interested in Islam that might have this tendency. Okay, let's talk about this. It's the act in and of itself that is clear-cut haram. What is the act? The act is going through the back door. This is for Muslims. This is for Christians. This is for anyone, right? But this is not just man and man. This is man and woman as well, right? There's many reasons why this is haram. And there's many reasons even outside of Islam that this is not okay. This is not acceptable, bro. If you just do a little bit of research and thinking and contemplating on it, right? It wasn't designed for this. Now, when you look at this, the action itself is what's haram. However, this doesn't mean we should promote this culture and just tell them to not commit the act. Do you get what I mean? So one thing very clearly we must understand is this tendency that we are born with, right? I want to be very clear on this. Through medical literature and research that I've done, this is not something that is simply a choice. I want to make this very clear. There are quite literally biological predispositions that people have when they're born and they come out of the womb, and this will affect them with homo proclivities or tendencies. Does that make sense? So it doesn't necessarily mean, 
cool. I'm born whatever, straight, super straight, you know. Man is a man, woman is a woman, there's no gender, it's only sex. And anyone that does it, it's by choice, so just stop doing it. No, it's not that easy, right? It's been proven that there is a genetic or biological component to it. Now, there's many hypotheses in the scientific community why this has come up. For example, the androgen levels, or basically the the sex hormone levels in you know, the placenta, the uterus, basically where the developing fetus is growing in the womb. This area is basically very influencing into the baby's gender or sex characteristics once they're born. So I'll try to pin it in the description if I can. If not, just DM me. I'll try to send you the studies. But those that are born with a turbulent amount of androgens, not a stable amount, in their mother's womb are going to be born with these proclivities. Does that make sense? So simply saying that you should just shut this off. It's not okay. So understand that whether it's an environmental thing or you're born with it, you can have proclivities. And these proclivities or tendencies, like the sister saying, can generally be out of your control. You cannot be punished for anything that is out of your control. This is not to make you a victim and say, okay, cool. Nothing's in my control. No, there is a lot in your control. But if this genuinely is not in your control, you will not be punished for it. If you get graped by someone in your family or some other someone, right? Then, of course, you're not punished for it. You're the victim. You're generally like, you should try to not be graped to begin with. But if you're literally a victim, then how could you be blamed for that? And when it comes to these tendencies, if you have these tendencies, you are not going to be punished for simply having these tendencies alone. However, it's incumbent upon you, it's absolutely moral upon you, it's virtuous upon you as a Muslim, and I believe even just as a human being in general, that you should do your best to try to fix yourself. Now, society will push acceptance, you know, gender acceptance, fat acceptance, body whatever acceptance, body positivity. We don't do this over here. A man and a man, sorry, a man is a man and a woman is a woman. If you have these proclivities, it's an internal battle. It's your test from Allah. Don't blame anyone with this. Don't be a victim. Don't accept it. Control it. I have known many men that are reverts that, you know, once they accepted Islam, they stopped committing this act because they were gay. And maybe the homosexual proclivities went away. Maybe they got a little bit controlled. Maybe they never left. Doesn't matter. Did you do it or did you not? Anytime you think of doing something that is a sin, anytime you think of doing something that is haram and you end up doing it, you get one sin. If you don't do it, you don't get the sin, but you actually get rewarded. Does that make sense? So think of it like this. You're tempted all the time to commit the sin, but then you actually don't act on it. Then alhamdulillah, you're just getting rewarded left, right, and center compared to someone else that doesn't have that proclivity or tendency then you ask how much tendency is not subjective listen tendency is tendency if you have even an ounce of tendency try to control it if you're bi either sexual or bi curious or just straight out gay or les it is what it is if you have this tendency fine if it's out of your control fine i'm not saying fine as in i support it i don't support it but fine as in khalas it's not in your control but what is in your control is what you do with it Try to curb it. Try to get therapy. Try to get cognitive behavioral therapy. Sometimes Rukia, if nothing else can be done, uh, consult your sheikh, consult the medical professional. 
And these things are tests from Allah for you. Because Allah has decreed and permitted this to be a test for you. Don't fail the test now. That's all I'm going to say. Brother Harun asks, when is the Andrew Tate podcast planned, inshallah? Inshallah, this Andrew Tate podcast is going to be coming up in the near future. Just make the for it. Music captivates the heart. It does, but it doesn't make it okay. Brother Suleiman writes, the act is called this, yep, and people who do it are supposed to be called this, yep, they can be straight or, yeah, 100%. Knowing it is immoral will stop these tendencies, especially if you prevent these urges by getting married, 100%. This is facts. It is again a question of objectivity and solely judged by Allah. Mm, kind of. But usually we all know deep down what is and what isn't. Do you guys listen to Engineer Ali? No, I don't. Who is he? I have a question. Is drawing people and animals haram? So the scholars have mentioned not to draw and like imitate creation. Um, so far as you don't replicate like facial features and eyes and stuff like that, but consult the scholar, inshallah. Are there any Urdu speaking scholars you follow? No, because I don't speak Urdu. Will there be a podcast with Iman Gadzi soon? Inshallah. Your word, bro. Stop asking fair questions. Why is typing inshallah haram? I don't know why typing inshallah is haram, but it should be inshallah. Do you get what I mean? It's not inshallah. It's inshallah. Is working in the field of AI haram? I can't give fatwas. Guys, I'm not qualified for that. Hassanabi supporting LGBTQ is shown how brainwashed he is, subhanAllah. Allah got him. I mean. How do you avoid degeneracy if you're moving into college? Beautiful. If you're moving into college, you cannot avoid degeneracy, as in if you're living on res. It's kind of like saying, how do I walk into the fire and not get burned? It's an oxymoron. What you can do, though, to be smart and preemptive is to try your best to not move to college, like move to res, like residence and dorms and dormitory, stuff like that. Get like an off-campus housing. Even if you have to walk, just stay out of that fascia, stay out of that filth, bro. Trust me when I tell you this. I cannot be more serious when I say that. However, if you're already there, do your best to one, be married if you can have the ability to get married. Definitely get married. Don't go in there, uh, you know, just like everyone else. I know a lot of parents are going to say, oh, finish school, then get married. Listen, kids are going to be doing it regardless. It's either zina or it's halal. You choose parents. Inshallah. Yes, that's it. No, no, I'm not qualified to give a photo on this. Stream Adan, he still feels you set him up last time. Inshallah. So he joined our stream a few days or weeks ago. I remember this. It was one night. And he basically said that uh, he will get somebody, like a Christian Orthodox scholar or someone like that, and he will join us, inshallah, for round two. So looking forward to that whenever it happens, inshallah. All right. 
few more questions and then I'm gonna go pray. Do people get crazy in the dorms? What if he? What if it's like living with another Muslim? Listen, bro. In the West, stay away from that. Is leaving the USA the best thing for the future to preserve the classic Islamic culture? If you are able to pr practice your religion, right? If you are able to practice your religion, then alhamdulillah, you're, that's, that's cool. If you're unable to practice your religion and you're unable to leave, meaning like you're literally, you cannot leave, it's impossible. You're not punished for that, but you should try to leave. If you are unable to practice your religion and you are also able to leave, then leave. Because you're literally being stopped from practicing your religion, which is not good. And you're able to leave, meaning you have the choice of going somewhere where you can practice your religion, then go. It's incumbent upon you to do so. Walaikum salam, bro. Inshallah, see you tomorrow. What happened to the stuff is called live stream that should have dropped a while ago? He flaked. Saying it as it is, he never showed. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, bro. Because I always give everyone the benefit of the doubt once. Are you going to do in-person podcasts in the UK? Yes, inshallah. So we have a whole guest list. Hamza Zortis, Mohammed Hijab, etc., etc. Thoughts on sheikhs in Bangladesh? Nothing, no thoughts. Do I play video games? I used to when I was a kid. Apartments are expensive, may Allah grant me enough financial aid. Allahumma ameen. Allahumma ameen. Maybe consider getting like a, you know, part-time job or something like that, bro. Because Dean is priceless. Trust me when I tell you that. All right, boys, three more questions, inshallah, then I'm going to hop out. It's going to be Maghrib soon. Well, it already is Maghrib, so i got to pray. Nope, I'm not going to answer this. Jirion stream coming soon. Inshallah, Jirion in person coming soon. You already know. Stay tuned for that. Okay, two more questions. Mela grant us Jannah, Allahumma Ameen, bro. Okay, Des Drum asks thoughts on how to start gym at seventeen. I'm gonna say this: if you have started puberty, the developmental process of puberty. You've had your growth spur. You're satisfied with your height, with your growth, right? Go to the gym. Just ease into it. Start lifting weights. Watch some videos on YouTube. Plenty of resources. Head over to firefit.com. You already know. Maybe it's this way. I don't know. It might be inverted. Because I got you. I will help you. That's literally what I do. However, understand that if you're not grown, if you still have height to grow up to, then I personally recommend just give it another year or two till you're at least 20 to grow as much as you can. It's not the weight training in and of itself that stunts your growth, but it's stuff like overhead movement, squats that will, you know, do spinal compression, stuff like that. And it can stunt your growth. It doesn't always, but it can. So the best thing is to avoid it until you are a little bit older or a little bit more mature development-wise. And in the meantime, do calisthenics, bodyweight stuff, pull-ups, push-ups, dips, stuff like that. Zaid writes, I feel like Jirion is going to troll you. I don't know why. He he reached out to us once to get uh, something, and we talked. So 
I don't know. I don't think so. He seems like a genuine guy. Obviously, off camera. On camera, people are, they always have a persona. Flex rights wouldn't pull ups be good for that guy. I didn't. That's why I said that. All right. One last question, inshallah. Then I am Audi. May Allah bless you all immensely for tuning in and share this video, inshallah, to share the value. Like, comment, subscribe. Let me do the last question and then I will head out. Is it permissible to post video game content on you? No, come on, bro. None of this. I'm like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, and my parents don't want me to do weights law. Yeah, same thing, bro. <sighs> my parents didn't let me do that too before I grew up when I was younger. I still did it. I used things in the house, believe it or not. I would go to Walmart and I would literally go to like, which is like a grocery store, like a department store. Many people don't know what Walmart is. And I would go to the sports section, like where they got the bikes and stuff. And I would literally grab dumbbells and I would do like dumbbell curls, like bicep curls and shoulder press and, you know, back rows and dumbbell rows, stuff like that. Literally with that, because they didn't let me get a gym membership. And when I was at home, I used things at home. So just get creative with it, inshallah. All right. May Allah bless you all. Smash that like button right now. Thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned for Sunday. Inshallah, I expect all 100 of you or so that are live viewers right now currently. To make it for Dylan Madden this Sunday at 1 p.m. A very close friend of Andrew Tate and Sartorial Shooter, inshallah. With this being said, may Allah bless you. I love you all for the sake of Allah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.